Hey everyone, this is the Food About Town podcast. My name is Chris Lindstrom and I'm your host. This week is episode 30 with Michelle Faust from WXXI. As she mentions multiple times, this is only her opinions and not the opinions of WXXI as a whole. But what we did talk about was gluten-free living. Uh, it's our second podcast on that topic. Uh, first was with Calvin Eaton from Ask the Gluten-Free Chef. So we talked some more about that. And we also got a chance to sample some delicious baked goods. And uh, a little after hours, we tried some cider, too. So we tried some baked goods and some gluten-free fried chicken from BC's Chicken Coop. So I hope you enjoy. And uh, tune in next time for episode 31 of the Food About Town podcast. Also, if you haven't voted yet, please check out City's Best Of and vote for Food About Town for Best Website and Podcast. Thanks and enjoy. It's no big deal. This is no big deal. This is how we do. Yeah, to the laid back street stuff. Yeah, we do it like that. This is how we do. Do, 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 do. This is how we do. This is how we do. Yeah, to the laid back street stuff. Yeah, we do it like that. This is how we do. Finally, the weather has broken, and Rochester seems livable for a day. I guess. I don't know. It's, what, 70 to something degrees outside? It's beautiful. Here's the thing that I don't understand about Rochester. I, I moved here. Well, I moved here from an extreme weather Okay, ho- hold on one second. Let, let's, let's start this <laughs> over again before we go bashing Rochester. Um, so we are talking with Michelle Faust today from WXXI. Yes, but any of my comments, thoughts, opinions expressed do not reflect on my employer or even myself from <laughs> 9 to 5 <laughs> during so you, the week. <laughs> you didn't say that nearly fast enough, so I'm not sure I really believe it. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is a fair point for my media friends that come on here. Yeah, they're definitely talking for themselves off work. Not that we go crazy extreme or anything, but... I don't so, know. So, so what, what? What are you hating about Rochester? No, it's just it's not even <laughs> Rochester. It's I just can't understand the humidity. I don't get it. It's like I before I moved to Rochester, I like to run from. I moved here from Yuma, Arizona, which is also a Ooh. very extreme heat place. Yeah, absolutely. But aside from the heat, I mean, people talk about a dry heat. My dad says so is my oven. I get it, right? It's hot, <laughs> but. There is a difference when you've got a high level of humidity at 88 degrees and when you have no humidity at 88 degrees. There's a huge difference. Oh, massive. And and I used to run before I moved here, but I don't run here because I feel like I'm running through soup. And I've actually got to do a 5K in the morning. We'll see how that goes. In the morning? Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, I'm sure you've had a nice, nice relaxing week of training and you've really gotten ready to go. No, not (laughs) at all. No. So, yeah, it's it's... Yeah, it's been been a bit of a crazy week here in Rochester. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, even in my, my own personal work life and personal life, just been a, a really up and down emotional week. And then... Um you know, I, I don't I don't want to f- dwell on the events uh, yesterday, but, you know, Wednesday night, late night, there was a shooting um, on Genesee Street that killed right. three people and just a horrible thing for the that community. And, you know, the effects on, on the local journalists are the least of the problems. Sure. <laughs> the bigger problem is the effects on the community. But it is stressful to spend your whole day just it, completely enmeshed in that trauma. 
right and talking to everybody. And you, you were right down there, right? Oh, yeah. I spoke to uh, family members and uh. lots of community members and people who were witnesses to, uh. to the events. So it was just really just a sad, sad day for everyone. Yeah, not, not a great thing. So. Yeah, but right now it is the weekend. It is the weekend. And all I'm going to think about is leaving that behind and I'll deal with analyzing that and what that means for our community and how we can move forward. I'll deal with that on Monday. Yeah, and I'm sure there's lots of that coming. But. <laughs> there is, but right now I'm just thinking about food. Yes. Which for me means gluten-free food. It does. So this is the second gluten-free podcast I've done. The first I did with uh, Calvin Eaton a few weeks back, who does a he does some local gluten-free things under uh, the Gluten-Free Chef or Ask the Gluten-Free Chef. We had an interesting talk about gluten-free living. And we went a lot about into his... You know, into his background and how it's affected his life. It's, you know, he has a pretty pretty serious story about everything. Really? Yeah. Well, so I listened to several other podcasts, but that's not one that I actually mm. heard. I didn't see that there was one about um, gluten-free living. So tell me, in that podcast, did you discuss gluten sensitivity or celiac disease? Because I have celiac disease. I think he, he has that as well. Okay. And I, I wanted, what I wanted to touch on was kind of kind of the spectrum a little bit. Because it's definitely a spectrum like a lot of the other I'm going food to tell you not necessarily definitely. There is some okay. controversy. And I'm not going to even talk about the controversy. I'm not going to take a side. I will say that celiac disease is actually an autoimmune disorder. It is a big problem for people who have it. Um, but there is some controversy as to whether or not there is such thing as gluten sensitivity. Interesting. Because the way in my head I was thinking about it was... Similar to like, you know, I have a lactose intolerance. I'm not going to die if I have it. It's just going to be really unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, those with, you know, nut intolerances and those that if it's, you know, halfway across the room, they're going to be convulsing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of figured it was on the same kind of, like, there's a spectrum of how it would affect people. So, I am a health reporter. So, I am not going to say anything without having some data to back me up. And I don't know that there's a lot of research that can say definitively there is such thing or there isn't. And I've mm. seen some people who have said, you know what, this is not a thing. I've seen some some research, but I don't know that it's as definitive as all that. So there is some controversy on it. I knew a lot of people who say that they're uh, gluten intolerant and why should I disbelieve them, you know, if, right. they, if they feel that that's the case. Um, but there's definitely a fad on this gluten-free eating. Yeah, see... I think this this is one topic we didn't really dive into because he was very <laughs> political about it. And first, I'm kind of getting the feeling that you might not be as much. What do you mean? So when when you go and you hear people say, you know, I can't eat gluten, but give me all the rolls and give me this and give me that. <clears throat> I mean, does that does that affect you like viscerally where you're just like, what are you doing? Why are you? Why are you just being so stupid? Okay, what? so let me just tell you this. And you may feel the same way because you're a foodie. Mm. I don't like picky eaters. Yeah. I don't like picky eaters. I don't like it when people go in and won't try something and, ooh, that's green. Or, ooh, I can't eat things that are that texture. I mean, I have a thing for water chestnuts. I can't have that texture. But that's maybe a little bit different. But it's only one thing. Like, I will try anything. Sure. And if you make me something with water chestnuts, I will eat it. Um, and I will even taste the water chestnuts and I will probably then pick the rest of them out. But generally, sure. I am or want to be an adventurous eater, but I have some severe allergies. I have a shellfish allergy and I have um, celiac disease. So it betrays me. I also like to travel and 
I have to ask what foods are in the things. Right, and it's a lot it's a lot harder in other places than it is here. Yeah. So before I knew I had celiac disease, mm. which I've had problems my whole life, but I didn't know why I was sick all the time. I went on a trip to Spain. And it was an organized trip by the country of Spain. At the time, I was a Spanish professor, and they were trying to get us to sign our universities up for study abroad programs. The first night, we go to this great restaurant, and this woman just starts talking about gluten and this and gluten and that, and I can't have that, and, oh, can you tell us what's in this? And I kept rolling my eyes, and she just totally, she turned my stomach because I was like, you're in a new culture, you're in a new country, why are you insisting on everything being your way? And I was just totally turned off by her. And I said, I hope to never be that person. <laughs> a few years later, I right. find out I don't have celiac disease and right. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I, I hope that I'm not quite as pushy as she was. Maybe, you know, maybe a little less oppressive. I don't know. I mean, maybe I was just being really judgmental of her. No, I think there's, there's, there's <laughs> definitely a good and a bad way of handling it. Sure. Because it, I mean, it's vastly more well known even in the last five years. Sure. I mean, it's such a big difference that you can ask, say, Hey, I have celiac disease or I have a, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, which I know celiac disease is the appropriate nomenclature, correct? Well, celiac disease is an autoimmune disorder. If there is, and I'm not saying that there isn't, please, uh-huh. uh, the, the whole gluten-free community is going to like stone me. Right. <laughs> but, you know, if people are gluten ins- is insensitive, what is it? Sensitive? Gluten insensitivity. I yeah, mean- they, they can't eat gluten for whatever reason, and they say that it bothers them. I, I believe that it probably does. Um, the only thing that worries me is sometimes people assume that it's one thing that's... I thought I was allergic to eggs. I wasn't allergic to AIDS. I ate toast with my eggs, and right. I would get sick. Sure. So sometimes we assume it's one thing when it's actually another, when it comes to food. Hmm. Um, so, but, you know, if people are sensitive to gluten, you know, that can be a thing, but but celiac disease is definitely a disease. It's an autoimmune disorder, and what happens is when you consume things with gluten, gluten is a protein that belie- that exists in wheat and other grains, um, not all grains, but some Let, grains. Let's mention the ones that it is in because I, I, I forget sometimes. I know some, but let's mention the ones that there are, at least well, the ones off the top of your head. Off the top of my head. Well, I, I always look out for, I mean, I can't have rye. I can't, and I've never been able to eat rye. I would get, I would retch when I was a kid and I didn't know why, although I would eat regular bread and I would get sick, but I didn't know why. And it was just, I was always sick, <laughs> but the rye particularly bothered me. Um, rye, um, malt um, has, but I think that's the way that it's processed. It has wheat in it. Um, I, it's easier for me to tell you things that don't have gluten. <laughs> sure. Well, Even I, couscous has gluten. Isn't that horrible? I love couscous. Well, couscous is pasta, which people forget about. It's true. I know. It, it's so People think of it as a grain, but it's it's just tiny little pasta. It's so cute. It's a cute pasta. It's very cute. It is a very cute pasta. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of things that you can't eat, but the things that you can eat, you can have rice. I, I eat rice a lot. Um, oats if they're not contaminated with, with flour, are fine. And even buckwheat is fine. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you can eat. Really, I stick to as much, you know, today we're going to eat a bunch of junk, and I am so excited because yeah. it's delicious junk. But usually I just stick to meats and vegetables, and I'm fine. Which, I mean, is obviously the way to do it. And so many people think you have to do substitutes. And it's something I mentioned before, you know, about vegan food, same kind of thing. If you're vegan, 
you don't have to eat all the substitutes. You can eat real vegetables. And yeah. not, not being vegan, just being gluten-free, you have the option of meats and vegetables. Yeah, and I like, like, I like some vegan food, but I don't like when tofu tries to be something else. Yeah, I like tofu as it is. Yeah, just make me tofu, you know, fry it or however you're going to make it and then serve it to me as tofu. Don't let that tofu try to pretend that it's a burger or chicken or something because that's always when it starts like, I just, it's just, I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I know my wife, uh, she always finds, she finds it creepy. It is creepy. Yeah, I agree she, with her. She doesn't like it. it she, we'd rather eat real vegetables because they're delicious. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Especially with our amazing agriculture here. You can get so many good things. I mean, exactly. why, why shouldn't you? Exactly. So I stick mostly to meat and vegetables and, you know, I do just fine. And, and a lot of people will become gluten-free partially because, you know, because they, they feel that it makes them feel better. And if you feel better because you're eating a certain way, go for it. Sure. Um, the problem is that when something becomes a fad and people start, you know, trying to be gluten-free, then people don't necessarily take it seriously. I'll go to a restaurant and they'll just, I'll tell them, okay, this is something I do a lot. I'll get a burger, please no bun. They'll give it to me on a bun and then they'll just like take the bun off and feed it to me. Oh, and I will get sick. Yeah. I will get sick. It's not, it's not okay. Um, so even just a little bit of contaminant. And well, I, I suppose that that's, that's what I'd like to, that was kind of one of the questions in my head was how, how, how sensitive is the cross-contamination thing? Obviously, if you put something on directly and you take it off, I mean, that makes sense to me. How 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 sensitive is it? I mean, like, for example, we'll, we'll be talking about the food we had a little earlier, but, um, you know, we had some fried chicken that was fried in a separate fryer dedicated for gluten-free food. Let's say they fried it in the regular fryer. Would, would that have been an issue? I shouldn't eat it. Yeah. I shouldn't eat it. Now... There have been times when I'm just hungry and I'm someplace and I have to eat something and I will do everything I can to make sure that my food is separate. But sometimes you just got to take a risk and sometimes I pay the consequences and it's mm. really not, it's not, it's not pretty. Yeah, it's not pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> it's not and I'll get very sick and sometimes that it'll stick with me for quite a while. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's not fun. But, you know, I, I was sick for a very long time. I finally, it was, I was well into my 20s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not uncommon though. People my mid-late 20s um, when I figured out that I had celiac disease and I had the test. Now, celiac disease, like I said, was uh, is an autoimmune disorder. It has effects on your whole body, but um, mostly that's going to be in your um, upper intestine, your small intestine. So celiac disease happens that the villi in your large intestine, these are little hair-like thingies that absorb nutrients. When you eat gluten, for some reason, people with celiac disease, it kills the villi. It flattens them out. They're supposed to be like little hair things that stand up and soak, suck things in, suck yeah, in the picture, nutrients. Yeah, like little, you know, yeah. like a, an enemy-like thing. Exactly. You know? That's a great, yeah. that's a great, um, that's a great way to, to picture it. Yeah. But if you flatten them out, then they can't suck in nutrients. And um, so basically you're just not getting any food. Hmm. So you're eating but you're not really getting any of the value from that food, which is a bad thing. That's interesting. I'd never actually heard it described as to what it actually did. Yeah. I've always heard about it, but, you know, coming from a, you know, science engineering background, I've, I always find it fascinating, the actual, actual mechanism, why it doesn't work. Yeah, and anything, you know, any amount of gluten 
if you have celiac disease is going to cause you harm, even if you don't feel it. Um, if it's killing those villi, it's causing you damage. There is, I've read some studies and I, and it, right now, I mean, like I said, I'm a health reporter. So unless I can see a lot of studies that, that really double confirm something, I try not to say that this is absolute truth, but I have read some studies that suggest that, um, long-term untreated celiac disease can lead to cycle, not psychological, excuse me, neurological damage. Hmm. Um, and just all kinds of things that it can be associated with. And that's just because you're not getting your nutrients and it can cause problems. Right. Yeah. It seems like that would be the obvious, I mean, not necessarily neurological, but if you're not getting nutrients, I mean, brain function is highly dependent on proper, not necessarily just vitamins, but proper, you know, getting your fats, getting your cholesterols, getting the important things in your body to actually yeah. maintain your function. So, you know, having the, the studies that suggest it doesn't mean that that's absolutely proven. And I don't know how much studies they do on people who are celiac because people with celiac disease are like, you know, less than 1% mm-hmm. <laughs> of the people in this country. So sure. not a lot of people to really do the research on. But then again, you know, with, with it being such a hot topic, I mean, so I, I, I forget the numbers, so I'm not going to toss them out, but you know, it doesn't just because it's a, a minority doesn't mean it's not big in the news. Doesn't mean it's not a big topic. You know, when we you know talking about um, briefly getting off of food, but you know, like the recent uh, you know all the the gay marriage rights and everything that they're a big minority, and it's such a huge topic. Sure. I mean, not not to make, but them there equivalent. are a lot more gay people in this country than there are celiacs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I forget the numbers though, and I feel bad. I. I forget. It's it's like five. It's only five percent. I think it's. I think it's more than that. Is it more than that? I think it's closer to ten. But I don't. You know. It's one. I I always forget. That's why I didn't want to throw a number out. But yeah, it's it's just because it's a minority issue doesn't mean it shouldn't be taken seriously and studied. Sure. Um, Yeah. But you know, I I research the research. I don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're not in the lab. Uh, double blinding everything. Exactly. I yeah. just read it and then say and scrutinize whether or not it looks like it was done right or if it was for something else. That's more fun. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. Yeah, but before we get into food, I just want to since we're talking about science and health, so what's an interesting health report you've been researching recently? Well, um, I have done a lot of work and like the whole month of July, not like the whole month of July, I had a series on heroin addiction in New York State. And so some of the approaches uh, to curb heroin and opioid addiction um, at the state level. And I'm working on some stories right now to bring those to the national level Hmm. um, because this is a problem throughout the country and a lot lot of people dying. Right, Um, it's only getting worse. There is there are some people who are suggesting that it's started it's it's peaked and that we're starting to come back but but we'll see because usually you don't know all the numbers and they're not aggregated appropriately they're you know we're a couple of years behind sure. when we have the numbers but here's the thing people think it's heroin it's mostly prescription opioids that's killing people right and then it transitions in a lot of times a lot of times it transitions but it doesn't always yeah. You know, the people are worried about heroin because it's a scarier drug. Yeah, it sounds and, scary. Yeah, it sounds scary. It's a street drug. But uh, the opioid painkillers, they're the same. Synthetically, they're yeah. the same thing. And, More pure. And they're easier to come by. Yeah. Especially if you're, I mean, not if you're, you know, in the, especially in the mid to upper demographics. I mean, yeah. so much easier to come by. Yeah. You can go to your doctor and it's it's safe. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's an interesting topic and I've done a lot of work on that and you know, you can find me online or, you know, tweet at me at M I C H E reports. 
Yeah. Um, we can cool. talk about heroin. But right now, I want to talk about food and fun and things are. and not depressing things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep on bringing it to weird, depressing things when I have the podcast about food. But I find lots of things interesting. So, well, let's talk about what, we, what we've eaten already. Okay. So, um, before, before we started the podcast, I, I went out, drove out into Webster. And, scary place. Oh, Webster's so scary. <laughs> you know, they say, I'm an inner city girl. They say it's where life's worth living. You know that? I, I know that people in that? Webster say that to convince themselves of it. Yeah, oh, my God. So now fair. Webster's going to hate me. <laughs> no, I don't hate Webster. Not at all. I'm just being silly. I, I mean, just I like the city, and I like to go out into the country. The suburbs just don't make sense to me. I know. I'm, I'm, I don't. It's, it's weird. Like I'm just outside the city, but yeah. I feel like I'm still there. Are you I'm, technically in the city or are you technically suburban? We're just outside. We're two yeah. blocks outside of the yeah. city. Yeah. 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 Into okay. Arondequoit. Okay. So we're, we're just outside, but I'm, that's where I spend almost all my time. I don't go into the suburbs. Okay. So I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> except for, except when you get fried chicken. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which obviously that's where the best fried chicken is, is in the suburbs. <laughs> well, Yeah. <laughs> Which it's weird because I mean I most of that food I usually would assume I would go into the city for, but in this case, right now as far as I know, that's the best around. Well, I went all the way out to Livingston County, yeah, to get uh, some gluten free goodies. So we're gonna be trying that in a little bit. Yep. But we started with chicken from BC's Chicken Coop, which is on uh, Route Two Fifty. Uh, I don't know what to call that in in Webster. Um, I I've been going there for a long time for their regular fried chicken, which is fantastic. And their sides and their uh, ridiculously cheap prices, and it's it's a great place, great people, and something I'd always heard from my my friends who had uh, uh, who did gluten free was that they had great gluten free chicken as well, and that they, um, as I mentioned before, they do the frying in a separate fryer yep. to keep every keep uh, you know cross contamination at a minimum, and. Basically, they don't bread it, but they still fry it, and they use the same seasonings they would usually use. Well, do they not put like some rice flour or something else to coat it? It seems coated with something. I don't think it is. I think it's. Oh, they use a. They have the regular seasoning. On just there. their seasoning. Yeah, and I don't okay. think they used any flour at all. I think they just fry it straight. Okay, which I'm, definitely makes an interesting texture. Well, the the light. Um, I'm just suspecting, and I could be wrong. I think mm. you should confirm. But a light uh, dusting of rice flour would probably have a similar effect of what we just had. So I just took a bite of it because I wanted to have a, a taste in my mouth when I'm talking about it. I am very happy with it because it's it's juicy. The chicken is still juicy. Yep. It's got that the outside coating of that frying, and that's why you want to fry poultry because you, oh, you have yeah. the juicy, yummy, well-cooked inside, and then the outside kind of just preserves all the greases and stuff. So good. Yeah. And so I haven't had fried chicken in... So I was gluten-free since... About 2010. Mm. So this is five years since I've had, probably longer since I've had um, fried chicken. So I'm pretty happy. Absolutely. The only thing that I'm not happy about, and that is not anyone's fault, is that I do like that crispiness. Oh, yeah. And you don't have the crispy breading. But see, you can't do that, really, right, for gluten-free. I, I don't think you can. See, I, I think that's where you, you might like you might be right. Maybe if you used like a, a rice, like a rice flour, you know, an egg. Rice flour, egg batter, rice flour kind of thing. I wouldn't do rice flour for that, though. I would get like a gluten-free. You know how some people will fry their chicken with um, cornflakes? Yeah. I would get a gluten-free cornflake. That's what I would do. Wait, there's gluten in regular cornflakes? Oh, yeah. 
Really? Did you know that Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios is going to go gluten-free? They're starting right now. Like really? the I'm next batch that they have in the factory right now is going to be gluten-free. And I'm super I think the excited. Surpri- the surprising thing, I didn't know there was flour in cornflakes. They're not gluten-free. They're at least not certifiably gluten-free. I don't know if there's flour. I can't remember. All I know is that I don't touch that cereal. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so if, Mich- <laughs> if Michelle doesn't touch it, it's not gluten-free. <laughs> Something like that. No, I just, I read I read labels. I tr- well, you know, like I said, I try to eat mostly meat and vegetables, so I sure. don't have to read lab- labels. I know it's right. gluten-free. Um, but when I do get a prepackaged food, I read the labels I try not to get things with just too many ingredients anyway, because you want things to be as close to their original. <laughs> uh, which I think is the better way of eating anyway, yeah. if you can help it. Which is my, my preference. But I do, you know, there's sometimes like today when I get excited. The thing about gluten-free <laughs> cooking is rice flour is just stupid. I don't like rice flour. I mean, it, to, has, its, it has its place. It, I'm sure it has its place, and there are some things that you can, like maybe rice noodles, like Asian rice noodles are really which are, good. Which are delicious. Yes. But I don't know. I To make a good gluten-free dough for any, like some of the stuff that we're going to taste in a little bit, you've got to mix a bunch of different flours. You can't just use rice flour or this flour or another flour. You've got to take some tapioca flour, maybe some garbanzo flour, maybe some buckwheat flour. Usually it's a mixture of a lot of different types of flours. Getting that mixture right and getting the chemistry, because that's the thing people forget about is that cooking is chemistry, Mm -hmm. and getting the chemistry right so that the food will have the same texture. Because gluten is a protein that exists naturally in wheat, and it's the thing that makes it gluey and sticky and chewy, and it kind of gives it that bounce yeah, and I think that's what most people, when they try it, that the the first thing you can taste is either it's that textural difference, and it's that it's that chew that you you're so used to, and that's that's the first thing you notice when you bite into it, and that that you're missing the chew, and that's it's really hard, if not impossible, to replicate. It is, and I'm sure I'm sure there's people working on it, trying to use other things. I think that the people that I brought this stuff from, they've they figured it out. But here's the thing. We're talking about a very small bakery. We're not talking about a mass-produced product. Right. And when you're mass-producing a product, to get it right and get, and then put it in a packaging and then put it on a table on, on a counter, and then someone purchases it and maybe eats it several months later, it's very hard to make that not disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what happens is a lot of the gluten-free products are really dry, um, really crumbly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just just not good. Yeah, that's yeah. That, brittle. Yeah, and that, that's definitely the that's the first thing I think I always noticed when I tried things, and I forget where I tried it. I think it was my sister had made it. Uh, she was trying to figure out some, you know, doing the whole elimination thing to figure out <laughs> what she was what she was dealing with. Uh-huh. And I remember I tried some some sort of you know almond flour and this and that. Almond and, flour has a nice flavor, though. Yeah, oh, it's delicious. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I, I hate fake, but when you're using like real nut flours and other things, it can be delicious. It's just you you shouldn't expect it to be the same. Yeah, I mean, I approach everything very differently. It's It's funny because I did eat gluten for a long time, you know, until I was an adult. And there's people ask me, do you miss anything or what do you miss? And there are a couple things every once in a while. Like, and I bought something that I've never tasted before 
Um, and those are these gluten-free Fig Newton thingies. Interesting. I guess Fig Newton is a brand name, but whatever. It's a yeah, I'd say fig it's cookie yeah, cake thingy-majigger. <laughs> right. It's not a cookie. It's fruit and cake. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it is a fig fruit and cake that is not of the Newton brand. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, that'll be very interesting to see if that's any good. I don't yeah. know. Um, so sometimes I've missed those things. I miss beer. Yeah, and it seems like they're seems like they're being more accommodating nowadays. I am a little bit afraid because today, or not today, just a few days ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who went to a brewery. He says is a gluten free brewery. He says they brew the beer the same way and they add some sort of an enzyme that eats the gluten. I don't buy it. Interesting. How well, can that be? Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I I take lactase to prevent uh, my lactose intolerance from coming in, and it works. I know, but. That's a medication to deal with the symptoms. When you have celiac disease, you cannot consume well, it's, gluten. It's not a symptom. It's actually, it's actually, it's the enzyme that breaks down the lactose. Is which it that I don't what it is? Have. Okay, okay. So it's actually breaking down the lactose for me, so okay. I don't, you know, do terrible things. And I don't know. It's because my situation is celiac disease and not an intolerance. Sure. Um, it's it's dangerous. I just see if I don't have a reaction. Of course, that's better. Sure. <laughs> but my concern is causing damage to my uh, small intestine and, and causing my body damage. Well, you know what? I think that's, I think it's a, it's a good point because it has to be scary to try new things now because you are, I mean, you have to be very aware. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't like the word scary, but I, I understand scary, where you're coming it's, from. It's that awareness. It's yeah. that you're on, you're on, you're on watch. It's true. The funny thing is I love to travel. Yeah. And most of my life, I, I also I studied languages. And so usually when I travel, I'll go to a place where I speak the language. Well, that was now four years ago. But 2011, I went to some countries and I made a decision that I wanted to go to a country I didn't speak the language. So I went to Finland and Russia and some other places in Central, Euro- in Central yeah, Europe. Yeah, but the Finns all speak English, don't they? Yes, but the Russians do not. No. <laughs> I was in Central Europe, so, you know, hit or miss and a lot of Cyrillic letters Which that you, I do you not can't read. hack your way through Cyrillic. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't read it. Um, so anyway, I had to go and then explain to these people, I don't eat gluten <laughs> and they may not culturally even understand this whole celiac disease, right. gluten-free things. I don't know that that's moved to their culture. In Finland more so because in Northern Europe, it's more, more people have um, celiac disease in Northern Europe. So they really have a better understanding of it. Interesting. Yeah. So I was okay in Finland and I also was with friends and yes, most of the Finns speak English. Yeah. And it's better <laughs> than a lot of Americans do. Yeah, agreed. Very good English. <laughs> but I was, you know, I was traveling and I was mostly alone and I'd have to explain these things. So usually I'd just be like, okay, do I recognize this? Is this a main ingredient that I understand? Right. But like I was in Hungary and I couldn't have goulash. Right. So that was sad. Yeah. But, and I want, that's the thing because I don't like picky eaters and I don't want to be a picky eater, but I also don't want to be ill. Yeah. <laughs> How do you make that balance? I don't right. know. Yeah. And th- th- it's it, like I was saying before, you, it's all about how you portray it. If you come in and you're you're angry and you're insistent and you you're you're, you're castigating people and it's it's not fun. If you handle it in a nice way and say, "Hey, I just can't eat this. I apologize," and it's you don't want to be a pain in the ass. Well, sometimes it depends, but <laughs> <laughs> not in a restaurant usually. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we tried chicken. Let's try some desserts. Okay. Yeah, I thought the chicken was good. Yeah, yeah I, I, was... I enjoyed it and. 
They also did the chips, uh, potato chips, which are good. They were good. I don't know. I don't know it's, it's, they're I like them chips. when they're hot. Yeah, it does, yeah. It does change things, <laughs> that's for sure. So uh, I think we are going to pause for station identification and go eat some desserts. And we'll be right back. Back with plates of gluten-free baked deliciousness in front of us. So I had tweeted at you when we decided we were going to do this. Yes. Should we do some tasting? Because I listened to some of the shows where you had tastings and some Mm -hmm. that you didn't. And I was like, the ones with the tastings are much better. It was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun. We had uh, Chris Clemens and Veronica Volk from WXXI. Well, I am definitely a big fan of the VVs. Yeah. I, I don't think I can call her that quite yet. <laughs> no, I don't think you can. <laughs> but we did have a great time uh, doing tastings. So what did you, what did we get today? So what happened was I sent you that tweet. And then when you responded, I happened to just, I was babysitting. I was south of the city. And I thought, I am almost in Avon. Mm. And my favorite place in Rochester is not in Rochester, is in Avon. And I discovered it way before I lived here because I came to visit a lot. My grandmother used to live here before okay. she passed. That's why I moved to Rochester. Hmm. So um, I went out to Avon. My mom's like, you need to taste this bakery. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. And it's also pizza. So Livingston County Pizza and Bakery, they have all kinds of gluten-free. I usually go for baked goods. They also have pizza. They have breakfast once a month on Sundays, I think is the first one. I don't know. You'll have to look. Talk to them. Um, (laughs) Talk to them. I'm not in charge. Talk to them. Uh, But I really, really like it. And it's, in my opinion, the best gluten-free baked goods. And so I was like, since I'm here, let me talk to Paul, see what he can do. So I said, hey, Paul, can you help us, you know, do some tastings. Um, so he's, he said yes and very generously provided a whole bunch of stuff. And um, I just really love Livingston County Pizza and Bakery. Um, and they're going to be opening a place in Geneseo they just mentioned today on Facebook. So I wanted you to taste it. Now, sure. if we weren't specifically talking about gluten-free stuff, I wouldn't have told you it was gluten-free because I don't think you would necessarily would know the difference. Mm. I don't want you to go into this prejudice, but everyone I know who goes there, if they don't know it's gluten-free, they wouldn't necessarily notice. And everyone I know who's not gluten-free and eats it loves it and thinks it's just as delicious. I will say that like their cakes and stuff, it, they're a little bit more sugary, like mm-hmm. a little sweeter than I would prefer. Um, my very favorite thing that they make are these little pies. Um, what were those things? When you were a kid, did you get those little pies that were wrapped in that weird oh, in the wax, paper? wax paper? Oh, yeah. I loved those. Oh, yeah, the deep the deep fried pies. Yeah. Oh, they're covered in that terrible icing and the... Yes. That, you know, McDonald's apple pie-like filling or the lemon. McDonald's apple pie, you would bite into it and burn your mouth and have no no taste buds left on your tongue Uh and no skin left on the roof of your mouth. But you loved it anyway. Mm, Hand pies. (laughs) So I enjoyed that. But so I love these pies. That's my favorite. The cakes. Which one are you tasting right now? I'm eating pie. You're eating the pie. Okay. So that one, I don't even need to taste it because I know it's really good. So tell me what you think. 
I like it because it's it has more of a flaky pie dough and it's a little bit more chewy yeah, than has, you have in most gluten-free stuff. Yeah, it definitely has more chew than I was expecting. It doesn't it doesn't quite get to the same level, but it has more chew than I was expecting. It was expected to be more crumbly. Yeah. Um I mean, especially I'm gonna get some of the some of the outside crust because I got more of the filling that time. But the filling is pretty good. I like the different I don't know if they make their own fillings or if they use like a jelly or something. I think the yeah. the fillings are really good. Yeah, it's not bad. It it doesn't it doesn't get quite the same crunch and quite the same texture, but it's not bad, and it's it's actually it works really well in that context. I I love it, and I think you know, most, like I said, most people I know wouldn't necessarily know that it's gluten free. They enjoy it. Um, I have to in my def- in their defense, um, I was given the stuff yesterday. I wanted to bring it fresh, but because of all the craziness of yesterday, we didn't mm. get to have the fresh <laughs> stuff that was delivered. Um, but anyway, so that one is my favorite. I'm That's glad that you bad. taste it. Now, we do you want to taste one of the cakes? Sure. Which kind of cakes do we have in front of us? Now, there's one that's like a chocolate cake that has a peanut butter filling and then a whole bunch of whipped cream on top. A and that has cream, yeah. it has a special name that I don't remember the name of it. But <laughs> I think if you just tell them the peanut butter chocolate pie, the, you know, cake, they'll they'll know what it is. I'm going to try um, that. I think it's very, um, it's good as far as the flavors when I've tasted it before, but just more sugar than I can handle. So I think this is something to share with your with your loved one <laughs> because it's just a lot of sugar. There is a lot of sugar in that peanut butter frosting <laughs> stuff that's on the inside. That's for sure. And the peanut butter is my favorite part. It is delicious. <laughs> it, it tastes a lot like, you know, peanut butter pie filling would. Yeah. Um, so I'm only going to have that one bite because yeah, it's I'm, just way overwhelming. Yeah. I'm going to get some the of the cake by itself. Cause that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the rest of it's just, you know, peanut butter pie filling. You could, you know, fill a different kind of crust with that and it would be delicious. Now the gluten free cake yeah it doesn't have necessarily the same moistness okay. again i mean it is a day old so it is it's a day old now i do have to say up front i don't like cake in general okay well then yeah so i don't know it's it's, it's, not, it's good as far as cake is concerned i'm tastes, not crazy it tastes about like cake. it tastes like chocolate cake to me mm-hmm. so i mean it's it covers the bases yeah i don't like cake to begin with so it's Tastes like cake. I'm, I'm, I'd be pretty happy with that. <laughs> but I like the flavors, especially the peanut butter. So if you like peanut butter and chocolate, I think it's worth a try, especially if you're gluten-free and don't get these types of treats all the time. Well, um, I, think, I think that's the nice thing, too. I mean, what there is available right now, you can go get a cake. You can go to a lot of places. Like, uh, I know uh, Scratch Bake Shop does some nice uh, some nice options right now. It, where is that one? Uh, Park Ave down near, down near Alexander. Okay. Um, you know, one of the cute new, uh, dessert food trends is, uh, macarons, which are, yeah, naturally, those are good. Yeah. naturally gluten-free and naturally, uh, yeah. cause there's no flour. It's all, it's almond. So Cheesy Eddie's had, I went to Hearts over the weekend and Cheesy Eddie's was, was there for some, their birthday, their first anniversary party. And they gave me a gluten-free cheesecake, which made me very happy. It was delicious. Nice. Um, I was going to bring one of those and then just didn't have time and, Probably my stomach will be bursting after we eat all of this stuff. So I figured we got enough. Um, what, 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 do you know what they used for the crust? You know, I, I don't know what their their recipes are. Um, I didn't dare ask because I don't want to offend them in any way because they are my favorite place. I do drive all the way out to Avon or if I'm ever anywhere near them, I will definitely go out there. So, 
you know, I, I went out there specifically to pick this up because I wanted to share it with you because I wanted you to taste some of the gluten-free stuff. Not that there's any shortage of gluten-free things in Rochester. No, Dawn. there's so much more now, especially yeah. on the baked goods front, because I think it's the hardest, the hardest thing to replicate because you're, like you said before, just eating whole foods is enough to avoid most, mm-hmm. if not the vast majority of gluten, if you just eat whole vegetables and meats. Yeah. But baked goods, I mean, it's... It's that's the hard thing because it is like you said before. It's more of a science. It is a science, and Donna Marie's is based here in Rochester. And in some of the stores, you can get those products. Um, I don't know if the bakery itself sells from there. Um, They've got weird hours, so I I think that they just um, sell to retailers. Um, Juan one time brought into the newsroom some lemon cookies. This is the illustrious. Juan Vasquez. Juan Vasquez, yes. Uh, we, I'm not going to try to do that accent. I'm going to say that he's my cousin. We, we say that because we're both Puerto Ricans and that we must be cousins. All related, of course. Yeah. yeah. So um, also just because I have this affection for him, so I call him my cousin. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, so are you tasting the carrot cake? Oh, it's carrot cake. I love carrot cake. Okay, good, 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 good. Of all cakes, carrot cake is my It is the superior of the cakes. It is fantastic. Yeah. I like the frosting. It's, it's very cinnamony. Cinnamony. I'm trying not to get chewing noises on the <laughs> microphone. I appreciate that. Because I think people will just in general stop listening. <laughs> Some people don't care, but yeah, a lot of people do. Um, now, I mean, for me, the biggest issue isn't the cake. It's I don't like cream cheese frosting. Oh, how could you not like cheese... Okay. Okay. I'm, I don't I'm understand gonna... that. How can you like carrot cake without cream cheese frosting? Because I'm not a communist. <laughs> but you are wearing a red shirt. I am wearing a red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the cream cheese, I I have no taste. The only cream cheese I like is the garlic herb cream cheese that Bagel Land uses, and that's it. See, I wouldn't know what that is because they have bagels that have gluten in them. Yeah, just, yeah, almost all of them have that. <laughs> Actually, I think... Uh, I think, uh, oh, uh, what's the bagel place on Winton? There's a bagel place that has a, bagel, a gluten-free bagel? Is it worth eating? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I mean, but I, but I, know, but I, know, but I know they sell it. Uh, That's, I mean, bagels. the That's thing it. about gluten-free bagels is they tend to be very dense. Right. And I like my bagels chewy. So right. I don't get gluten-free bagels because when I get them, I'm always disappointed. Yeah. So. And, and some, sometimes it's better not to have... An inferior product. I agree. And just just go with go with what's good. Eat delicious eggs and exactly. I have eggs and bacon and uh-huh. lots of veggies, and I'm happy. That sounds pretty delicious. <laughs> okay, so you weren't crazy about the carrot cake because you don't like the frosting. I like the frosting best because I think the cake is good, um, I'm try but the it's cake a little cake. bit more uh, cinnamon than I would prefer. I yeah, think it's a good. I, mean, I think it's a good flavor, but the cinnamon is a little bit powerful for me. Yeah, I think I, when it comes to carrot cake, I like the fact that it has spices. Mm-hmm. I like a lot more carrot, okay, and nuts and raisins. Mm-hmm. And there are raisins in this, which mm. you have to ask yourself. You know, do you prefer raisins or not raisins in your oh, carrot yeah, cake? One hundred percent raisins. Okay, okay. Well, there you go. But I like you know whole grated real carrot and mm-hmm. where you see big pieces. Yeah. Well, there are, I mean, I see, I see pieces of carrot in there. Oh no. It's in it, And they're definitely there, but I'm like, I want you to see like lots, of carrot. <laughs> but I, I like carrots and vegetables. So I mean, 
who okay. can complain okay. so much. No, I honestly, I I think it's a great carrot oh, cake. It, it tastes like a good carrot cake, mm-hmm. and I could see how a lot of people would be happy with that. Yeah. So I think, what's the, the cookie that we've got here? I think it's a peanut butter cookie. It looks like peanut butter. Oh, it's definitely a peanut butter cookie. Yeah, I'm going I'm to be a bad gluten-free person and wash it down with... A nice IPA? Yeah, a nice a nice gluten-y IPA. <laughs> so the, the, the peanut butter cookie I'm very happy with. Um, it is chewy. Um, I did steal a friend of mine came over last night and we did steal a couple of the cookies because it was late and we wanted That's pretty good. And the cookies are really chewy Mm -hmm. um, and just great. So the the peanut butter cookie, I think, is probably comparable to any peanut butter cookie I've ever had in my life. I think that's the hardest to tell. I think, I mean, if you're being very critical about texture, Mm -hmm. I don't think you can get the that combination of the, the crunch and chew necessarily. But what it does offer is that it does have a chew and it's got that density that you really want. And a good balance of sweetness, not too much, not too little. That, that that's that one's really good. And it's got a good peanut butter flavor, which I like peanut butter. And I am guessing, based on the things that I see there, that Paul likes peanut butter too. Yeah, and I think it also helps the texturally because it has that richness. Sure. It has that, that makes sense. You know, it maintains that oiliness. It gives you a little bit of that moist feeling. So I imagine it's probably a good ingredient for that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with everything that I get at Livingston County uh, Pizza and Bakery. Um, I've gotten things from Donna Marie's. I like that as well, and that's that's a local Rochester brand. Um, there are other brands that are that are local. I've been to different shops. There was that place on Mer- Monroe that was very short lived. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. But it was a right ac- like Caddy Quarter across from the Owl House. Um, I tried to go there, but every time I wanted to go there was a Monday and they were never open on Mondays. (laughs) And then I went there on another day and the place wasn't there or maybe they were remodeling. I don't know. Mondays are hard. Yeah. There's not a lot of good stuff open on Mondays. It's unfortunate. So anyway, um, I'm happy with them and I love them enough to go all the way out there. Then they're going to have a place in Geneseo and I sent them on Facebook. Okay. Why are you opening one in Geneseo and not in Rochester? Hello. What about me and my needs? I mean, college kids though. I mean, I don't know. I don't college kids buy stuff. Do they buy gluten-free stuff? I don't know. They, I'm sure there's a lot of lot of uh, uh, celiac disease, college kids, and a lot of kids who find it really cool to be to gluten-free. To be gluten-free, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, whatever. I think that it's totally worth um, eating their food. I like it, and I'm willing to drive out to Lynx's County to eat it. So that's me. Absolutely. That's me. So I've got one more thing here. Yes. And that is a figgy and jammy. Figgies and jammies. Pamela, Pam, Pamela's brand, Mission Fig. Pamela's There's just brand. like way too many words on that package. Yeah, I mean, really, <laughs> they could say we're not Fig Newtons, but we really basically are. <laughs> but see, this this is what I'm saying. So you're looking at this. It's a mass-produced product. Yep. It has that um, rougher texture on the outside. Yep. Um, of the product, so that's pretty. That's pretty. I would say typical of a mass produced um, gluten-free product. Um, when I break it in half, it, I don't want to say it's dry. It, it is a bit dry. Yeah, a bit dry. Dry is the word. Um, and then the part that's most chewy is the fig part, of course. But when you're talking about, you know, fig paste or, you know, any of these paste-like things like a Membrio, which is quince paste or, you know, any kind of you know, papaya paste, you, you get that, I think the best thing about it is 
I mean, it's it has that chewiness because it can't help to not because the the paste is the chewy part and. In a Fig Newton, the cake always falls apart anyways. That's true. So tell me what you think of this because I feel I'm definitely, I'm prejudiced in some ways, but tell me what you think of this. So I think it's a relatively accurate depiction of a Fig Newton-like thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you don't get that super mass-produced, you know, white flowery Twinkie-like thing that you get in Fig Newton. It's more like a whole grain Fig Newton that my mom used to get to to make us eat a little slightly healthier when we were actually just still eating cookies. Right. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely feels a bit more crunchy. And not, not in a textural way, in like a, you know, hippie granola kind of way. And uh, I come from Oregon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it feels a little bit more like that, but mostly it, Tastes and texturally works exactly like a Fig Newton, if not actually more chewy. So I'm going to tell you what my prejudice was. We just ate all this great food. Yeah. (laughs) And I was just like, now I'm going to eat this packaged thing. Why do I want to do that? And then I put it in my mouth and the fig flavor made me so happy. It's really intense. Nostalgic of my youth. (laughs) Did you you grow up eating figs? I love Fig Newtons so much. See, I always hated them. Really? I never got the whole fig thing. I, I was never a big fan. The best ones I've ever had were like real, like when I've had like real figs, yeah. when they were like cut and roasted. Of course. I found that to be pretty delicious. But like in a Fig Newton form, I, it's just too much. It doesn't work for me. Mm. Give me the fig anyway. You're going to give me the fig? Yeah. I'll take the fig. All right. So, oof. So, do we have anything else to talk about? I mean, I've, of course, we can talk gluten-free for for a long time. Is there any other major things we should talk about going free? Because we do have to go on to a couple other things. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. So I like story time. <laughs> there was this woman, um, who's a friend of my, the fam- I'll call them my family, but you know, they weren't actually related to me by any <laughs> stretch of the imagination. Um, it was actually uh, my ex-boyfriend's family, but they adopted me into the family. I lived in, Ro- in, I lived in Rochester. I lived in Yuma, Arizona. I was far away from anyone. And so, you know, they would have family meals and I'd come over Sunday family meals and they had this big family compound and (laughs) that sounds weird, but it was just like a series of houses all in the same area. Anyway, um, so Thanksgiving came around and one of their aunts, I'm going to call her Maria, which is not her name, but kind of (laughs) close, Maria, um, and she made... These pies. She was known for these pies. So she says, Oh, Michelle is gluten free. She can't taste my pies. So I'm going to make her a gluten free pie. I love pecan pie. Um, so she made me a gluten free pecan pie. I don't know what the heck happened to that pie. <laughs> it was like, you know how gluten free, I mean, not gluten free, but uh, the pecans on the top of the pie, like they kind of float there and sometimes mm-hmm. they get kind of crispy. I ate that part because it was good. And there was like a little bit of that, um, you know, the sweet jelly underneath. Right, right. Then there was some layer of like fat that I don't could gelatinous Ooh, weirdness no, oh no. that was undescribable. Like, I don't know what it was. It was unrecognizable. I could describe it. It was some weird gelatinous jelly thing. Oh, that's terrible. And then there was the crust that was just like dense and hard and crazy. But this woman went out of her way and I was just like, don't tell anyone. Just like, I'll make it disappear. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I ate, 
the pieces of the pie that were not terrible because I wanted the pecan. <laughs> and then the rest of it, I tried to give to the chickens because there were chickens mm-hmm. um, in the backyard of the grandfather and the chickens wouldn't eat it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but here's the thing. At Christmas time, someone over between Thanksgiving and Christmas that year told Mary, oh, oh Maria, <laughs> <laughs> told Maria that her pie was a disaster. So at Christmas dinner, we're all talking about it. And she's like, I think I could do it right. How could I do it right? And she's like, you know what I read is that when you're making something gluten-free, you use the gluten-free flours, but just use a little bit of the regular flour. And I yelled across the table, no, no, don't do that. Because obviously that would be a big problem for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But she was trying. (laughs) And you know what? It's a good effort. Bad results. But you know, it's it's a lot of the time it's the heart that counts, and it's it does. I thought it was so sweet of her. Absolutely. I, I, the, here's the thing: it would have been almost just as sweet had she gone ahead and made something again and put just a little bit of regular flour, except for the fact that I would have been poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> really, really sweetly poisoning you, though, with such, lots of heart. Yeah, in such a nice way. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if we'd actually officially met before. We 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 met at the. Uh, Rochester Media Association thing. Yep. Was that the first time we'd met? Yeah. Which, uh, it doesn't seem that way, but it's, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I'm i very likable. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we met there, and the first, I think the first thing we did was have a confrontation about... Did we? About yeah, what? I think the first thing we were talking about, I think was talking to Juan about uh, Puerto Rican food. And I was talking to, I think I mentioned Mexican food. Oh, yeah. And immediately you just got up in arms. And I was, I was very excited about that because it's, I, I, love, I love when people have a topic they're passionate about. Well, I was going to actually propose to you that we do this podcast that I come on and we talk about Mexican food and have an episode where we try different Mexican food oh, in I'm Rochester. Oh, I'm all for that. Okay, then we'll go ahead and do that again. But yes. I want to do gluten-free first because I have a little bit more of an expertise in the gluten-free because that is sure. my life. So I'm interested. So we, we uh, Mexican food in Rochester is not exactly our strong point. no. Um, I think there's a lot of great food in Rochester. Yes. There really is. Um, But I I don't want to tell people in Rochester that their favorite restaurants are bad because there are some places that people like. But there are a couple places that are very popular that people like, um, one of which makes really good margaritas. So I still like going there. Mm -hmm. You just have to drink the margarita before you eat the food. At least me. (laughs) Yeah, and and it's so popular. So unbelievably popular, especially at happy hour, that it's, yeah. I mean, the, I could never tell them to change what they're doing yeah. because why should they? Well, and that's the thing. I'm going to also be very frank. I like Mexican food. I lived on the border with Mexico in Arizona. I lived on the West Coast in populations of a lot of Mexican people. Uh, but I do not like Tex-Mex and American approach approximations of Mexican food. I feel very strongly agreed with that. Yeah, so so that is the difference. And a lot of people like Americanized versions of Mexican food. And well, it's, the, it's the same with other cuisines as well. I mean, we love our Americanized Chinese food, sure. our Americanized Italian food. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're obsessed with our American versions of these things. Mm-hmm. And they're not what they 
They're not what they were. They're very, they're completely different cuisines as far as sure. I'm concerned. Sure. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, they have some threads where it ties them together. I mean, yeah, sure, Italians do pasta and tomato sauce. I get it. But that's not Italian cuisine. It's very regional. Just like Mexican food's very regional. Just like Chinese food's very regional. There was a, a radio story um, on an NPR program that I cannot remember the name of, <laughs> but I really liked it. It was this Asian American woman and she was spending time in China and she was living in China and wanting to eat General Tso's chicken. And she said, General Tso is very, na- very known in China as a general from war. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Not for chicken. And she, I don't know if she brought some or if she made some or whatever, but the Chinese people are like, what is this? This is not Chinese food. (laughs) So the weird thing, so I'm going to actually counter that. Okay. I read about it. I actually uh, watched a documentary on General Tso's chicken recently. There's a a documentary? Yes, there's a documentary on Netflix. What are we doing here on the microphone when we could be watching a documentary about Chinese food? And there's so many documentaries on Netflix nowadays. Okay. (laughs) Um, But this this one was about specifically General Tso's chicken. And they went into, um, they found all the history about, you know, the actual General Tso. And they found where the dish came from. And it did come from China. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I am going to counter by finding that story and sending it to you because yes. it's very interesting. Yes. But it was more about how Americans and <clears throat> Italians and South Americans and everywhere you go, there's a version of the local Chinese food that isn't actually Chinese. Yes. That's all. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's you know, there's, there's always some ties back to Chinese or, or to where it's from. You know, if you look at, if you go to a Mexican restaurant, there's, a lot of the stuff is very similar to where it came from. I mean, sure. people do eat tacos. They don't put shredded lettuce and tomatoes and cheddar cheese on them necessarily. But Not usually eat cheddar. Tacos. No. And I like cotija and I will. You yeah, can sure. get cotija at Wegmans. I know. Not it's, every Wegmans. It's though. so different. Not I the remember, one in Webster. I remember not that long ago, I had to go to specialty Mexican grocery stores. There are get, Mexican grocery stores in Rochester? We have two within. A half an hour. Really? And another one that's about 45 minutes away. Okay. And uh, the one that I definitely know about is Lorenzo's uh, Mexican Products, which is in Brockport. Okay. Uh, near one of the near one of the raising bridges on okay. one of the, uh, kind of the main street over there. I, I think that I'm going to take a road trip or two with you. Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I love I'm this suspecting stuff. that we're going to have to do that. This is, it's, it's a blast. Okay. And there's, there's one out actually on uh, out 104. Past Webster. And the other area, which is actually uh, has a pretty decent Mexican population, uh, is Medina. Okay. uh, About 45 minutes west, which is, uh, and it's mostly migrant migrant population, and especially coming up to the picking seasons. Um, There's two roadside taco stands. (gasps) I know, right? I need a taco truck. Why are there no taco trucks? There are none. There although, should be one. Although we have, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to take you there because <laughs> you don't believe me. Um, we have one, as far as I know, Mexican restaurant in, in and around Rochester, and that's Itacate out in Penfield. Mm-hmm. My friend's out at Itacate, and Jose, my buddy out there, he, he's really trying to do Mexican food. I'm going there with not, the Hollands next week. I don't know who they are, but you should. You should. Norma Holland? I'm sure. Andrea I, Holland? 
<sighs> okay. Anyway. I'm bad with this stuff. It's fine. I, the name sounds familiar, <laughs> but that's about it. Okay. I probably should know, but I don't. Um, and I, I really enjoy that place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not perfect, but it's, you know, they're doing the food and the recipes they grew up with. Yeah. I, what I like, they have a gluten-free mole, and it's really hard. Mole, well, there's a hundred or more types of mole, but um, the mole, often the traditional one that a lot of people know, I think that's the mole Oaxaqueño. I could be wrong. I mean, yeah, it's it, a lot of them come from the Oaxaca region, and yeah. mole negro is probably the most popular, yeah. uh, which... In a lot, when it's translated to Mexican American cooking, tends to be very chocolatey, edges a little towards the sweeter side of things, but traditionally very complex. But it does usually have chocolate, that one. Yes. Um, But coca, right? Yes. But um, cacao. Cacao, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I got confused. That that would be interesting too. I would have that. I would taste it. (laughs) I I don't think I'd finish my food though. I'd be really excited and do something else. Anyway. My cacao, yeah. Um, th- they make one that is gluten-free. Mm. And a lot of times there's some flour is thickener in, in the other uh, moles, which is really sad. Um, but also mole usually is something that somebody will prepare well ahead of time mm-hmm. and they yeah. will um, spend a lot of time making because there are so many ingredients. Yeah, it can often have 20 or 30 more, or more ingredients. There, there is a mole, and I can't remember which one it's called, but... Um, it, there's a mole with more than a hundred ingredients. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, but it's it's in like in a lot of a lot of cultures. I mean, your family's recipe is what it is. It's not one thing. Um, well, the thing about it is, every like in France, every city has its own cheese. Every right. day of the year has its own cheese, and every region has several of its own wines. In Mexico, um, not every region, but many regions have their own mole. Sure. So um, there's all kinds of different moles, and I enjoy it, but I have to be careful. But I speak Spanish, so I don't have any problem having a conversation. That helps a lot. What's in that mole? Who made it? Oh, you don't know? I'll have something else. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's, I always always like to bring it up because I find it fascinating that, um, you know, we we completely avoid um, different varieties in different regions. You know, when we see blueberries, we think, oh, it's a blueberry. Mm -hmm. While there's, you know, might be a a dozen different varieties of blueberries that we're eating all in the same container. Or yeah, we talk about Mexican food. Well, it's not Mexican food. It's Oaxacan food. It's, yeah. it's Baja food. It's Mexican city, Mexico city food. It's Acapulco. It's, yeah. you know, all these different regions are completely different yep. food wise. Yep. And I, I find that endlessly fascinating yep. that it's, it's so different. And when people come over to my house, um, I love to cook and actually, I'm I'm getting I'm happy that we met because you can teach me about some of the places to go out. But mm. I usually cook on my own because, well, I work for public broadcasting. I don't make a whole lot of money, and uh, <laughs> that's one reason. And you know, I, like Mexican food, I, I know how to make it better sure. at home. So um, I always use corn tortillas. I don't use flour. Gluten free issue, but also because flour tortillas are not. <laughs> like that's northern Mexico or Texas. That's not like yeah, deep Mexican. You know, I was I was reading an article recently about tortillas, and you know it's you know maybe corn was the original, but you know in a lot of places in Mexico it is com- It is more common now because more common, but not more com- Not more common than corn. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's much more common nowadays, and especially you know people don't you know people you there's this romantic notion and i'm i'm paraphrasing the article and i forget where it's from so 
excuse that, but it's uh, they, there was this romantic notion that you know every every grandmother makes their own tortillas, while the grandmother wants to make soup or the grandmother wants to make something else, and they go to the local tortilla factory. Mm-hmm. But it's something we don't even get here. We don't have. Not every city has their own freshly made tortillas you can go buy every day. It's so sad. In it our sad. in our grocery store when I lived in Yuma, there was ladies their whole job was to sit there and make tortillas. Of course they made flour tortillas, so it was of no use to me. But <laughs> But if you go to major They were fresh. Right. And if you go to major cities in the US, there are tortilla basically tortilla factories yeah. where you can get freshly made tortillas every day. Yeah. And so it, I think it's, it's really funny though that we're talking about Mexican food because I'm not Mexican. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> All right. So let's, so we, we talked Mexican. We'll, we'll probably talk about that again another time. So let's talk Puerto Rican food. Okay. So where's, so which, which place is your go-to where do you have a place? In Rochester? Yeah. Have you oh been to a lot goodness. of places yet? Well, um, is it Pilon Criollo? Is, that's the one that I know because yep. I, they just won some sort of an award, small business award. Oh, did or, they really? That's great. I can't remember what it was, but they won some award. Uh, Maybe it was the owner hear. won an award. I don't know. It's great to hear. I mean, I've talked about them before, but I, I love the story. Okay. And so when, when did you move to Rochester? I moved to Rochester in February 2014. 2014. So I'm, you know, over a year. Um, still kind of getting acclimated. Right. I've done two winters. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not quite there yet. It's totally, every time I think about winter here, it's, it's like Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. It's, oh. it's like this foreboding. And, it's always coming. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so El, El, El Pilon Criollo over on, uh, over on, it's uh, North Clinton and Avenue A. Uh, area. Well, I don't know that I've even ever been there as much as I've had some of their catering at events. Oh, see, I, I've been there a number of times. Okay. Um, and I think the, the, the most fascinating part is uh, they got their start at the Puerto Rican Festival here in Rochester. Okay. They had a business on North Clinton and I think it was actually the corner of Avenue Way for a long time. And two years ago, they opened a freestanding building, I think with the aid of you know the city and possibly some other areas. But it was the first new construction in that area neighborhood in 10 years. Really? And that was two years ago. Oh, okay. And I don't think anything else, maybe one place has popped up since. Okay. It was the first new construction in 10 years in that neighborhood. Hmm. And I always, you know, think that difference between there and what, you know, you go over to College Town mm-hmm. and you see just that massive expansion. And it's, you just look at that stark difference. And obviously it's a huge topic in, you know, local Rochester. What do you think of... Not don't don't tell me what you think of business wise. No, sure. Don't tell me anything else. What do you think of the look of College Town? I mean, it's very sterile. Yeah, it's it's very sterile, and it's not to say there aren't some good things there, mm-hmm. but there's very few independent independent entities. There's a lot of chains. There's a lot of chains, yeah. and it's. I mean, there's a few places in there that are really cool. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like in the outskirts, like, you know, the soup spoon across the street from the big college town, sort of behind the Starbucks over there, um, is really cool. It's, um, I believe it's Cambodian food, oh, technically. Really? Yeah. And it, I mean, there's a very direct crossover with Vietnamese food. Uh-huh. So it's almost, if you're familiar with Vietnamese, it's very similar. Nice. But I believe it's actually Cambodian food and it's very good. They use a lot of local ingredients. And it's done very nicely. But most people will focus on going to, you know, all the other stuff over there. Huh. Um, it's not to say everything's bad either. And I'm still exploring some of it. 
Mm-hmm. I need. To I go. don't. I don't go there very much just because architecturally it just looks a little bit too sterile for me. Although I have been to a couple of places. It just depends if I'm over there. Um, right. But again, I I usually cook for myself. So usually I make my own food. I'll make my own Mexican food because. There, with a few rare exceptions, I don't think there's a lot of good Mexican food sure. um, in the area. Um, although there is some good margaritas in the area. <laughs> although I make pretty good margaritas myself. Yeah, I've I've started making them at home, and I, I mean, it's definitely different. Yeah, because yeah. I mine don't edge nearly as sweet as you know most commercial or you know restaurant ones do. Yeah, um, but. You know, Puerto Rican food I like. I did like the the pilon criollo, but I know them more from they've catered a lot of events that I've been to. Sure, sure. Um, but there's a place across from the Lonely Medley Center. Shout out to my friend on, on Twitter. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loves that. Um, but yeah, so across from the Medley Center on Ridge in Irondequoit, um, I don't know. It's It's right next to a... What's that chicken KFC? Yeah, I, I I know what you're talking about. I forget the name because I haven't Caoba. been there yet. Caoba, C A O B A, Caoba. Now, is that Puerto Rican or is it Dominican? It's Dominican. I, I thought it was. It is yep. Dominican. Um, but our foods are pretty similar. They're we have a lot similar. of same immig- um, ingredients, and I think they're really good, really mm. fresh, really nice people. Okay. Um, one thing that I like too is I've had some of their beverages. Um, I don't usually drink. Uh, tea, sure. but my friends have gotten their iced tea, and they they say that they it's fresh brewed, so it's not just like a Lipton or something. Interesting. And the drinks that I've gotten, my mixed drinks, have been fresh. Like mm. it sound, it felt like someone was in the kitchen actually putting the ingredients together, and not just giving me something out of a bottle. Which you know, I don't I don't like the pre mixed syrup ickiness. Right. So I love them. Interesting. Yeah. I definitely have to go try it out because that's. I mean, it's something we don't have a lot of is, I mean, almost all of them, all of the Puerto Rican and Dominican restaurants we have are, I mean, they're, for lack of a better, they're, they're to-go places. Almost all of them are located in the city confines. Uh, the the two uh, exceptions are really uh, D. Mangu, which is over on East Henrietta Road down near Jefferson. Okay. It's over near uh, King and I. That's, uh, that's also a Dominican place. The King uh, and I is it no, Dimangu. Oh, the King and I is Thai. <laughs> oh, I thought so. Yeah, but you're having me very confused. I know, but it's it's a landmark where people know where the King and I is. Um, so it's right in that that area, and that's Dominican, and it's a it's it's a more um, approachable location for most people. What does that mean, approachable location? Most white people are going to feel more comfortable going there than they are going to Avenue A in North Clinton for lack of a better way of saying it. Wow. I mean, I, well, I, you know what I'm hoping? Um, I, 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 it's not, not in a bad way. I feel very comfortable. Going okay. There. But if you tell, if you're telling generic and I'm being a bit assumptive, uh, making assumptions here, <laughs> if you tell a generic soccer mom to go to Avenue A in North Clinton to go get food, they're not going to go there. Really? Well, you know what Absolutely. I do hope? I hope that, those people will go to the Puerto Rican festival. I know that I'm talking about it right now. And by the time this comes out, it'll already be over, but go next year. And it is this weekend. Right? <laughs> it is this weekend. I've, I've never been. Uh, I, re- I really, well, you need to. to go. It's 
to today, so you can't go tonight. Sure. But um, you can go. You can go tomorrow. You can go the next day. A great place to get food. Listen to some music, and you know it's it's really mostly food and music. I and mean, there's a few other things, but you get a taste of of another culture. I'm really hoping because you you know you're talking about people being nervous about going into another community sure. uh, people being nervous about trying someone else's culture or food or whatever i think that people should go to the festival it's a good outlet to kind of try all that give it a little taste and then i guess if you don't feel comfortable go back to your suburb sure well <laughs> I, and it's i know it, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a loaded topic obviously yeah, that's, um, that's 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 why I had to ask. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a loaded topic, and I think it's, I mean, if you're, you can, you know, edge around it, mm-hmm. but in general, it's you know, a lot of people aren't going to go there to try it out because they don't feel comfortable. Yeah, not to say they shouldn't. They should feel comfortable or shouldn't. You know, that's up to them whether or not they feel comfortable. But I've, I've been to all. I've been to every almost every single one of them, and I'll go everywhere and anywhere if the food's good. I don't really care. And I, I, but uh, you know what? It kind of comes back to what I was telling you about not liking people who are picky eaters. Sure. Like, to me, I think it's really food is just this great way to approach a culture. It's a different way to enter into the culture, and you know, just having to, you know, that's what I don't like about being gluten free personally. That's why I don't understand people who choose to be gluten free who don't have to, um, because there's so many things that I could try and not have to ask what's in that and, and ask 50 different questions. And right. you know, was that prepared in a kitchen that was appropriately separated? I don't want to do that because sure. I want to just taste it, have a bite and make up my own mind and not have to worry that I'm going to get ill or that it's causing me damage that will affect me later in my life. So that is the problem for mm-hmm. me about being gluten-free. It's not about missing donuts. Who cares about donuts? Right, exactly. You know, I mean, even all this beautiful stuff that, that I brought in, I like it. I, I'll drive all the way to Avon to have it, but I don't need it. Right. You know, but I need to be able to try other cultures. I need to be able to come into your home and you offer me something and smile at you and, and take a bite at it out of it, not be like, um, what's in this? Right. So, I don't know. I just, I hope that people will go into other neighborhoods and talk to people and try different things. And I think it's so important. And I think that's the best thing about it. It's not, I love the food part, but I've loved the conversations I've had with people. And, you know, if you're going to that corner store that serves this, serves fried chicken, talk to somebody about it. Yep. Don't, don't feel weird. I'd, I think I've I've had some amazing interactions with people when I just go up and say, oh, you know, that looks great. Have you had that before? What do you like about this place? People love to talk about places in their area, in their neighborhood. If you're willing to talk to them, I think you you learn a lot more when you're willing to ask a couple of questions, try, try and investigate, try to learn about different areas of the city and different, or when you're going to different cities, don't just go to the tourist traps. Go to where go to where the locals are eating. Go to, you know, the different areas and learn about different areas of each city. And it's it's just like that here. And don't forget, we, there's a lot to explore here in Rochester. Yeah. Especially when it comes, I mean, when it comes to food. But we have so many different areas and different cultures here. You really have to dive in. And the food is, a, I think, you know, you're talking about having that as like the icebreaker. Food is a great icebreaker. Yeah, Everyone absolutely. loves to talk about food, especially if you have questions about a type of food that you've never had before yeah. and they know about it. Yeah. 
So, so well, you know what? I think that's a great place to stop okay. for today. Thank you so much for having me. That was a blast. Yeah. So let's let's get your plugs out there one more time. So, uh, well, plugs. Uh, follow me on Twitter at m i c h e reports. That's the same. That's the same handle for Facebook and the same handle for Instagrams. Perfect. Yeah. And people can hear you on the air on a fairly regular basis on <laughs> Again, WXXI. WXXI uh, in no way endorses <laughs> sponsors, has anything to do with this program. And the person I am from 9 to 5, yeah, Monday through Friday, is also not represented in this so broadcast. So th- thanks for sponsoring this podcast, WXXI. <laughs> no, stop! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, talk to you soon.